Alright guys, pictures up. Pictures up! Pictures up! That's roll sound. Rolling! Rolling! Sound speeds. Camera speeds. Two. Awesome. Take two. Mark. And action! Welcome to the Penn Cinema Podcast. Your behind-the-curtain connection for movie news and reviews. Now here are your hosts, Penn Ketchum and David Moulton. Welcome to the show. I'm David Moulton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. What's, What's up? up? Happy New Year. Happy New Year. You know, that's my favorite time of the year. Yeah. The, the countdown. And anytime there's ever a countdown... For any occasion, like 10, 9, 8, 7, anytime anybody counts backwards from 10, I always end it with Happy New Year. <laughs> Every time. No matter what. Doesn't matter. No matter what the occasion, like starting a race, <laughs> getting ready to blow out candles, like anything. I love to scream, Happy New Year! <laughs> Shooting off the bombs. Right, absolutely. <laughs> if I was ever in the service, I probably would have shouted that a lot. <laughs> well, look, we ended 2021 on a bit of a sad note. But I have a great anecdote to go with it that I, I'm Are holding. Are you talking about when you called LOL Jamie instead of Chris Hall Productions? <laughs> that, was, that was an extremely sad that note. That was the sad note that you're talking about? It was sad for him, but I reveled in it. <laughs> we all did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he got what he deserved. All right. That'll see, fix you. See if he doesn't make me his best man in right. his wedding again. <laughs> or are you talking about something else? I'm talking about something else. No kidding aside. No kidding aside. All kidding aside. Just shy of 100 years old. Oh, my God. And I, we all know it was because if she would have made it there, they wouldn't have let her play with Legos anymore. Right. She's like, it's not worth it. Right. You know, we, rest in peace, Betty White. She passed on. So I like to think that she didn't die as much as she took 21, 2021 by the throat and jumped off into the the pits of Mordor yeah. with it, took it out for us. Yeah. Good job, Betty. Thank yeah, you. Thanks. 2022 yeah. is going to be all the better. Thanks to her sacrifice. You know that picture of, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to move on from Betty, oh, but no, just okay. to make your point about 2021. Yeah. You know that picture of Bernie Sanders sitting at the inauguration with his <laughs> mittens, right? Yeah. It, kind yeah, of yeah. Be, it became a big thing, right? right. That picture was only 11 months ago. It, that's insane. Did you see that meme yeah. that went around? Like, I was like, there's no, no. I had to like literally look it up. You didn't think 2021 was long? And then I was like, right. what? what? <laughs> that is like at least two years ago. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so Betty White had a big birthday party. Mm. Remember we had this embarrassing moment on the show like a few weeks ago when you were like, some listener was like, are you having, was it on the show or was it just me and Drew having the conversation? I don't know. Somebody wrote to Penn Cinema. I forget if it was the podcast or if it was the theater, but somebody wrote in and was like, are you having Betty White, Betty White's birthday party? <laughs> and I was like, that was, that was not to the show. I was like, I don't think so. And then they wrote me back and said, well, Fandango says you are. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wrote back something very polite, but what I said to Drew was why why do you ask me a question if you already know the answer? <laughs> like, that is a pet peeve. If you know the answer, don't ask me the damn question. Are okay. We do the podcast today, Pen? <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, so anyway, Betty White, 100 yeah. year, her 100th birthday party right. was scheduled as a movie event January 17th. Mm. And 
the pre-sales were huge. Tons of tickets sold. Everyone was And anywhere. we had it in multiple theaters. It was going to be a really big thing. And just as you would guess, the production company behind the celebration did change. They are having it. And with permission from the family, they've changed the 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 event title to Betty White a Celebration, like yeah. you know, that, like a <laughs> look good. back. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's really. I mean, obviously, it would have been way cooler if she was alive and well, and you right. know, we wish she was. But um, I think it's fitting and and good that we have this celebration planned. You know, and now you know everybody can kind of. I think she's one of those people. I don't know if you feel this way. I didn't realize until I started reading some of the sort of articles that came out after she died. I didn't realize a lot of what a groundbreaker she was in her, in the early years of her career and sort of, you know, I sort of knew her as like the punchline to an old lady joke, right? you know what I mean? And a kind, sweet little old lady that everybody loved, but I didn't, I didn't realize, and I don't think I fully respected the, the early portions of her career. What a icon she is weren't the, weren't the girls and golden girls all like significantly younger yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, I think the, the grandmother was like in her 20s or 30s or something like that <laughs> yeah i don't know about all something that like but that. yeah so anyway rip betty white and if you're a fan and you want to i mean i think that's what's going to be cool about the celebration is if you do want to sort of get the full picture yeah and have a good time yeah, there's a chance yeah celebration january 17th and which by the way leaves you with eight shopping days from January 17th for Marley's birthday. Oh yeah, 22 from today. She's going to be 22? <laughs> I don't know. I think In she's, 2022? No, I think she's going to be 23. Really? Yeah, pretty sure. I thought she was like 25. She's solidly in her 20s. <laughs> you have no clue. No, I, <laughs> how old she is. No, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. 23. 23, that's my final answer. I'm sticking okay. with it. You know how old Kayla is? Yeah. Ah. Uh. <laughs> I, I mean, I can figure it out. <laughs> give, give it enough time. Right. I, if I call the abacus. Right. I, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kayla's 20. Okay. Or she's turning 20. She's either 20 or she's turning. I'm going to say she's turning 20. That's what it is. This spring, she's turning 20. That's my final answer. But I don't. The Ketchum House is a time warp. <laughs> Everyone, who knows how old well, everyone we is? Well, we do a lot of time traveling in our <laughs> yeah, house. Right? There's a lot of look backs. And for example, when I turned 50, yeah. Amy declared that now that we're 50, now Amy's two years younger than me. <laughs> but she, we, we noticed that she started saying ever since we turned 50, blah, blah, blah. Uh, she says these other things. And I'm like, wait, when did we turn 50? <laughs> like, oh, I don't know. I was like, well, you know. <laughs> so, you know, we're not really bound strictly by the constraints of the time space. <laughs> we, we don't look at it as a linear thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah. speaking of someone who looks at things linearly. <laughs> right. Linearly. Literally. 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 Yes. Yeah. The Rock. Dwayne. Dwayne Johnson. Johnson. He's turned down the plea to rejoin the Fast and Furious mainline yeah. saga. Mm -hmm. Now, let me read from you the Instagram post that went up from Venice Diesel. Now, are you reading because we reported on the show a few weeks ago that the the two of them were like back in talks, right? Right. Well, because yeah. because Vinny was like, Vinny's he put, like he's coming back. Yeah, and he put out this post. He said, the world awaits the finale of Fast 10. As you know, my children refer to you as Uncle Dwayne in my house. 
There's not a holiday that goes by that they and you don't send well wishes. But the time has come. Legacy awaits. I told you years ago that I was going to fulfill my promise to Pablo, who, from what I understand from context clues, is uh, Paul Walker. Paul Walker. Uh, I swore that we would reach the manifest, reach and manifest the fast in the finale that is 10. That was what he put up, and it was his plea. Now, apparently... It didn't go over well. It didn't go over well. The Rock put out a thing, and he was basically like, I talked to him already in private, like, and then he put this out, and it was, yeah. So he says, this is a quote, he said, I told Diesel directly that I would not be returning to the franchise. I was firm yet cordial with my words and said that I would always be supportive of the cast and always root for the franchise to be successful. But that there are no that there was no chance I would return. Vin's recent public post was an example example of his manipulation. I didn't like that he brought up his children in the post as well as Paul Walker's death. Leave them out of it. We had spoken months ago about this and came to clear understanding. Awkward. Yeah, talk about that. Now, I mean, you can only far be it from me. I thought you were going to say fart be it for a second. I don't know. Fart be it from me. (laughs) (laughs) Fart be it from me to jump to any conclusions, because I don't know either of these guys personally. What? Not really well. Okay. All right. That's better. Yeah. Right. I mean, I've definitely been in the same room as them. Right. Or, sh- or should I say they've been in the same room as me? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get I mean, do either of them have a podcast? Right. I'm just saying. Yeah. So far be it from me. But this like seems like a classy of the classiest of classy moves by Dwayne Johnson. And it, I agree. And if it's true, then it really kind of closes the door to like Vin Diesel, like I think I've said on the show before, I don't really like him. I've never really, I don't love his movies. I don't love him. This to me, did just, he snub you at a, yeah, probably, yeah, just you know, like. right. Like the, sh- the other short guy, <laughs> Jason <laughs> Statham. Statham, freaking short guys. Come on. I just love that one time you were like, this movie looks horrible. And I'm like, this all you've seen is Jason Statham's in it. Oh yeah, maybe. <laughs> I also like how like I take such offense to it because this like world famous A-list movie star didn't want to like sit down and have coffee with me. <laughs> Would rather talk to the supermodel right. next to him. Right. Than you. <laughs> and I talk with me. Like, what that's madness. Come on now. You know, what? Right. I guess I can understand it because when that went down, I mean, you know, we never really talked about this before, but when that went down, mm-hmm. that was pre-podcast. Yeah. You know, so there was there was really nothing for us to talk about. Now he would be like, hey, Penn, Penn, <laughs> oh, hey, Penn, please. you know, and I'd stop and look and see who he was with before I decided whether or not I was going <laughs> to chat with him. How many supermodels? Right. You need to have at least four right. with you. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, that's all the news there is to print this week. Because just like last week, we're in a holiday, yep. like, break time. A little lull. Yeah. So what we've done instead is we're going to do a look back. Mm. on Love me a look back. On the year. Um, now, we have both the worst and best performing blockbuster, quote-unquote blockbuster films. So the best and the worst, the worst and the best. Right. So the way that we've calculated this is we've taken the budget. Mm. And now, 
what the the grow the standard in the industry like the the standard knowing is whatever the budget is mm-hmm. if you double it that's more likely what they spent on the movie because uh, of marketing okay. so what we've done is we've taken the budget and we've taken how much the movie's made and we've organized mm-hmm. them in if the budget was doubled versus how much they actually made how do they perform so we're going to start off with the worst. Mm. We have 11 here because I put on the 11th one because it was a surprise. Uh, surprise. I love the worst. Yeah. So number 11 is the Eternals. Okay. With a budget of $200 million, it made $396 million, which is the lowest grossing Marvel film since Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Not the Winter Soldier. Captain America, the First Avenger. So that's like... 20 films since they performed this this it law it had a had a loss of four million dollars roughly roughly yeah these are all rough right now i mean the only thing you would i don't want to dwell on it because whatever but that's that's i mean the captain the marvel movies are ridiculous right so this is a pretty big dip and and from what they kind of don't really have a of the marvel movies that came out this year this is the only one with potential that is not officially getting a sequel of any type. Right. Any type of anything right. coming off of it. Okay. We may not hear from these characters again for a right. long time. All right, number 10. Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City. Wasn't this your favorite movie of the year? Absolutely. Yeah. Best movie ever made. Right. $25 million budget made $31 million of a loss in 19. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, do you know anyone who saw this? No? No. Okay. I mean, maybe I do. I don't. I, I think, I don't know. I would have thought that... Uh, Jason, Jason. Jason probably did, but we just, I haven't seen much of him. Goonies Jason. Well, yeah. He's been busy working. Yeah. Yeah. Number nine was Boss Baby 2, a movie that I forgot was a thing. <laughs> uh, budget was $82 million and it made $142 million with a loss of $22 million. Wow. Yeah. Um, then was one that we both really liked. House of Gucci, mm. which is... Wait, you skipped over Dear Evan Hansen? Oh, I'm sorry. Dear Evan Hansen is number eight. Which we also both liked. Mm. Or at least I did. You did. $28 million budget. It made $18.6 million with a loss of 37.4. Where are you getting these grosses? Huh? Where are you coming up with these grosses? Because I feel like Dear Evan Hansen made more than $18 million. Not, not, these are domestic numbers. Okay. Might have been... Also could have been um, opening weekend numbers? I'm going off of a pre-made list. Okay. I'll be All honest right. with you. Okay. So at seven, we have House of Gucci. This seven. this is the first one on the list where I was shocked. Right. Uh, and Ridley Scott has two on the worst list. <laughs> uh, $75 million budget, and it made $95.6 million with a loss of 54.4. Mm. So... Uh, which is a shame. I thought that was a really well. Apparently, I learned afterwards that you and I were kind of in a minority in loving the film. Yeah, yeah. I didn't weird. realize that. Yeah. yeah, it's weird when the entire world is wrong. Yeah, I mean, does everyone else have a podcast that's been going on for almost three years? Never missed a week. It's weird. Yeah, weird. Not, no, I don't think yeah. so. Yeah, the hitman's wife's bodyguard, which came out in twenty one. Uh, it came out within this year, didn't it? Yeah, it came yeah, out this year. But I'm saying yeah. it feels like forever ago. 
It came out to me. There's like movies that came out before, like let's say July, and then movies that came out before Thanksgiving are like in different universes. Yeah. Like when this movie came out, we were still like not fully sure that we were what we were doing. Right. Yeah. Uh, and this is the surprising part that if you didn't go by the rule of double right. the budget, right. you would have thought that it would have broken. It right. cost $70 million to make and it made $70 million. So it had a loss to seven, 70 yeah. million. Um, the next one was, a, was not a surprise because you don't think you even played this. Did you? Sure we did. We're still playing it. Still playing it. Yeah. Okay. Number five is Encanto. You think we would skip a Disney movie? Well, I didn't think I didn't think it got a wide release. I thought it was only on Disney Plus. No, no, it's from our favorite studio, Disney Motion Pictures, mm. and uh, it opened huge. It was a big Thanksgiving family movie, and we're still playing it today. Uh, we're going to talk about this later because I watched it. All right. Yeah, hundred and fifty million dollar budget, and it made a hundred so far. At the time of this, mm. this it made 158 million with right. a loss of 292 million dollars. <laughs> so it's definitely not performing as you would think it right. would, but it's still got. Some, I think it still has some haul in it. Like it's going to go for a while, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next is a movie I don't think either of us watched, and it, this is another one that came out like what I would call in the middle of COVID. Right. Like and we were still like in the thick of COVID. We both talked up how we were going to watch this movie and then neither of us watched it. And number four is Snake Eyes, which cost between 88 to $110 million and it made $40.1 million mm. with a loss of 135.9 yeah. to 179.9. So these losses are getting bigger and bigger. Yeah, this next one's the real, the real doozy. The Ridley Scott, eh? Yeah. Okay. Last Duel. So this had a budget of $100 million, and it made $30.5 million. Ouch. Aye, aye, aye. Loss of 169.5. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, here's a movie that's no surprise to be up this high. If I had millions of dollars, yeah, and somebody came up to me and pitched this movie idea with the cast and the crew and the whole gang, you were like fully on board with this. No. No? No. No, I thought you were like Was this, I? I thought you were like this can't fail because of this because <laughs> it's got such hot actors in it. And then I was like, you realize this movie was filmed five years ago and never released because literally they said it wasn't good enough for film. Um if you <laughs> remember like a minute ago? <laughs> when you couldn't remember another minute ago? Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 we couldn't remember your daughter's age. Right. Remember a minute ago uh -huh. when I was like bad mouthing this movie because I didn't want anything to do with the cast and the crew. <laughs> and then I thought to myself, oh, my God, I hope David doesn't ask me who was in this movie. Yeah. So who was in this movie that we're about to talk about? Well, I would have chaos no, walking. I would have no idea. But mm -hmm. I, I'm cheating right now to tell you that it starred two of my favorites. Do you remember? You were all about this movie. Yeah, oh, yeah I remember because yeah. this movie got such I, bad press. I was all about it with Tom Holland. Mm -hmm. He recently had a big film. And Daisy Ridley, Yeah, who back in the day had a big film, and sadly we haven't heard much of her lately, although I'm sure she has stuff in the pipeline, so to speak, one in, could, in the works. One could sink, yeah. Why did this movie – did we watch this? Did we review no. it? No. no. This movie literally was made in 2017. 
and then not released because the studio executives said this movie was not good enough to be put into theaters. <laughs> then in, I think, 2020 or 2019, they did reshoots because they said, I think we can fix it. And then Newsflash, they couldn't fix it. <laughs> it was directed by Doug Lehman, or Lehman, or I don't know how to say it. All right. Anyway, let's not get bogged down on chaos walking. Other Your favorite than, movie other, of the year. Other than this is a, I was wrong again. Again, the number one bomb of the year. This, this is this. I, I, I'm not going to argue with it, you know. But I will say, so you and I are talking about box office numbers, mm -hmm. taking a strong capitalist approach to this, right? I will say this was also a big surprise for me that it wasn't bigger, just from a buzz, like people talking about it, loving it. Like I really thought it was going to be. You know, forget the the money. I thought the interest was going to be broader. Here's okay. Before we talk about this, what movie this is, I think in a different environment, this movie would have performed much better. Mm. I think the key audience may not have been ready to come back to the mm. theater. But let me just say, Spider Man has changed the environment, the theatrical environment. Yeah to an insane degree. We're talking like three weeks ago, I would show up here on a Sunday and park right out front right. with no competition, right? And you'd be doing business, right. but there wasn't like a ton of people here at the same time. Right. Today, Sunday afternoon, I had to park pretty far away. And it has been that way for weeks. Yeah. Well, here's a fun little trivia. Mm. Since opening night of Spider-Man, so, as the movie business came back and we talked about Lidditz, you know, and we, 2,000 people in one day is a good benchmark yeah. for like a good day. And like, no joke, I forget what movie it was, it might have been No Time to Die, was the first time that I said to Drew, like, I think Saturday's our day. I think we're gonna get 2,000 people. And then like that day we got like literally 1989. Nine, nine, literally, there were there were a couple times where we got like 1996. We were like four people away. Oh man! Like literally, we were like on the on the good Saturdays. We were like 1900 and change, and it was it was almost it was literally laughable. We we literally laughed out loud about like, isn't it funny how we can't break the 2,000 people barrier? You know, we're still like struggling. Yeah. Opening night of Spider Man, we we did 3,000 people. First couple of days of Spider-Man, we did 3,000 people. But here's the interesting thing. Since the day we opened Spider-Man, we've not had... Since the day we opened Spider-Man, taking out a couple days before 12-22, like that Monday, Tuesday, I think we might have dipped. Mm -hmm. But then on 12-22, we opened Sing and all the holiday movies and everything like that. So pretty much every day since December 17th, we've done 2,000 people. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? And and a couple of times we've gone over. We've done like 3,000. It, 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 so you're it, absolutely right when you say that Spider-Man has dramatically changed the landscape and has brought us back to where it really feels like the old days. Yeah. I, I think that it got people in the theater. Yep. And then now they're back into the theater yeah. to like, oh, all the other things are out. I didn't yeah. realize. Right. And also everybody's talking. You know, it, it's, mm. it self-fulfills. And when you get a movie like Spider-Man that everybody loved, you know, people yeah. are like, oh, my God, you got to see it. Yeah. You know, West Side Story came out. Uh, so that's the number one bomb of the year. Uh, $300 million budget. 
it pulled in nineteen million dollars with a loss of five hundred and eighty one million dollars. Yeah. So that is huge. That's a or toughie. A Spielberg, Spiel, Spielberg movie. Yeah, or a Spielberg, either or a Spielberg, one. Spielberg, yeah. yeah. I love his films. Yeah. So solid. So <laughs> Al. <laughs> All right. What about the best? You ready to work on the best movies? Uh, yeah. Yeah. You want me to cover these? No, Are no, no, no. We can walk through. Let's. Okay. The, we'll go from the tenth best, and we will conclude with the first best. All right. You got you. Which, you understand my notes from the other ones. Pod, podcast at Penn Center. If you can guess the number one movie of the year. <laughs> if you can guess it and I see you, I right. will give you a high five. Now, here's the thing. Yeah. I think we've been a little too soft. Mm. If you can't guess it, we don't want you listening to the show. You yeah, you, to the show. You're going to have to go. You have to tell your friends that you can't listen <laughs> right. to the show, though. You, you, you've been banned. I've been blacklisted <laughs> right. by the Pensano podcast. Yeah, you'd be like hanging out at the Prince Street Cafe, and someone would be like, hey, did you listen to the show the other day? You'll have to hang your head in shame. Be like, can't. I can't. I've they been, won't let me anymore. I've been grounded. <laughs> My ninth grade math teacher, he would ask a question, and then you would raise your hand. All enthusiastic because you think you know the answer. <laughs> and then you'd say, the answer is eight. And then he would tell you, hang your head in shame. <laughs> wow. And then we would all like have to hang our heads in shame. <laughs> so anyway, the 10th quote unquote best uh, was Shang-Chi, which also, you know, was a big milestone in the return to bringing movies back. Mm-hmm. Opened with, uh, or the budget to make it was 150 to 200 million. It grossed 452 million. Um, making about $152 million profit. So, yeah. So good on you, Shang-Chi. Uh, this next movie was a. It's interesting that this movie was so successful because, along with a few others, this one was released uh, simultaneously with uh, HBO. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, the movie, of course, is Denny, Denu- Denny Villanueva. What was it? V- Villanueva. Villanueva. Denny Villanueva's Dune. The Dune Saga. The Dune part, Saga. Part one. Part one. Uh, the budget was 165 million dollars, and it made three. Uh, it made a stunning 393 million dollars, uh, putting an easily 63 million dollar profit into yeah. Warner Brothers. Godzilla vs Kong. I forget if this had. This also had HBO. Uh, yeah, it's HBO. Um, it cost about 200 million dollars to make. Made an impressive 467 million dollars for a. Uh, easy swing of $150 million profit. Yeah. The next one was the first movie that we talked about this year. It's called Free Guy. Uh, it was made for about 100 or $120 million, and it grossed over $300 million for a over $100 million profit. Now, what I want to talk about on this one is, do you remember when this movie came out? This was interesting because we all saw it coming as like a sleeper. Mm-hmm. I think we saw the trailer and we're like, this looks amazing. Can't wait to see this. And I do, I do think it, um, I mean, you can't, you don't want to compare it to Spider-Man or Black Widow or some of the bigger titles, but this was a movie, didn't it come out in the spring Yeah, or early summer or something mm-hmm. like that? And we all in the movie business felt like this was a big step in the right direction because it was fun, fresh, original content. People were like excited about yeah. it. Yeah, People enjoyed it. Yeah, it was very, like, it wasn't like the best movie ever made or anything, but it was very original. Right. Very creative. Felt, felt new. Yeah. Who was the guy? Um, Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds was in it. People love him. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
Uh, Black Widow, which I recently rewatched. Okay, let me let me do this one, please, because this is an interesting one. I'll do this one in No Time to Die when we get there. Okay. All right. So Black Widow had a budget of two hundred million dollars. Now, here's the re- here's something interesting about this. This is this is of all these movies. This wouldn't normally make the list, but we have because of a lawsuit, mm. we have numbers here from streaming. So it's a two hundred million dollar dollar budget. It grossed three hundred seventy nine mil- million theatrically, which would have put it on the loss list. However, due to the lawsuit, we know that it made another hundred and twenty five million dollars in streaming. You know, bringing it to five hundred and four million dollar with a uh, gross or uh, a profit of one hundred and four million dollars. Now, I think fifty million dollars of that went to back to right. to her, but you know, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that was an interesting one there that uh, kind of placed it on this list. Another big movie that sort of came up. It I wouldn't say that it snuck up on us, but this was a Quiet Place Part Two. This was an interesting one because this was. Um, one of the first victims of COVID. Mm-hmm. It was scheduled to be released in March of 2020. And then got pushed. Like we had trailers, we had posters, we had tickets pre-sold to it. Like it was just about to come out when we closed. And so Quiet Place reopened on a, this is an example of a movie. It probably had the lowest total gross of anybody on the top 10 list, but it only cost 55, $60 million to make. And it made, almost $300 million for a, call it $180 million profit. Yeah. Killer. That's crazy. And apparently there was a big push to sell this to streaming. Mm. And John Krasinski was like, uh-uh. Nah. Nah. Because this is another movie that's such a good example. Shang-Chi, Dune, Godzilla to some degree, definitely Black Widow. All of these movies on this top 10 list. But this was a movie that, Desperately needs to be seen in a quiet movie theater. Right. Right. Mm. Number four, we have No Time to Die. Now, this is an interesting one. You're still playing this, right? We are still playing this. And I have to be honest with you. First of all, I'm playing it for one show a day. Mm-hmm. And it is still doing, like, let's say 10 to 12 people a show. That's crazy. Which is amazing. And what I was going to admit to you, because could you tell by my tone of voice, I was like getting ready to confess something. Yeah. Part of me is just holding this like to make a point. But it's still. That it's, it's still, it's still good. It's still like the DVD is now for sale at Target. Yeah. I bought it and watched it on Christmas. You you (laughs) could buy it and watch it at home for less than a movie ticket. Yeah. Yeah. And yet here we are. People are like, let's go out. What do you want to see? I don't know what's out. Yeah, you know exactly. And then they look at and they're like, oh, there's James Bond. I didn't realize that was out. Yeah. So yeah. we are heading into our 14th week. So I'm going to keep oh. holding on to this because now we've made it like Christmas was. So here's here's an example of a studio that was really flexible. So I told the studios, United Artists Releasing, I work with a guy named, well, I shouldn't say it's a guy. I, th- I think it's a guy, but I've never spoken to him on the phone. Oh, that's not true. It is a guy. It is a guy. Okay. I, met, uh, I deal with a guy named Cameron. And I spoke to him and I said, hey, I want to hold this movie over. But like opening weekend of Spider-Man, I don't really have room for it. It's a long movie. So he let me come off it like for a few days and then plug it back in. Like, in other words, you might almost use the word common sense. Yeah. Like the guy has common sense and the studio gives him permission to like 
proceed accordingly. So in other words, we want to encourage this movie theater to hold it, but we're going to recognize that Spider-Man is opening to historic numbers. So we're going to let him have some flexibility on opening weekend. And then I did the same thing on December 22nd, you know, when we had a big push opening Sing and Kingsman and Matrix. Um, We actually got through, you know, a few days with no shows of No Time to Die and brought it back. So, So we've, because the studio has been super flexible with us, um, I, I want to hold this movie pretty much till till the Batman opens on March 4th. Wow. I mean, I'm, I'm going to see. I'm not going to be an idiot about it, wow. but I'm just saying, like, the movie plays one show a day and makes money. So, well, back to No Time to Die. 250 to $300 million budget. Okay. Now, it grossed at the time of this printing. Now, some of that budget was for Daniel Craig's physical therapy, recovering from his ankle sprain. And that time they had food poisoning. Yeah, I mean, could you imagine the budget would be so much less? Yeah, that's why it's two. It's, it's a $500 right, right. million, $50 a little, million. Dollar. There's a, yeah, there's a gray area there. So at the time of print, this movie has made $774 million. Uh, Holy cow. Yeah, right? So... That's a $274 million profit. However, Variety reported that because of the marketing plans that they did for this movie, and they kept pushing it back, and they did not, because I know we talked about how this felt like this movie, for the longest time, they did not leave up on the marketing. Oh, yeah. Like, it was, every time there was a chance it could come back, 100% marketing, not like, let's see what happens. Right, no. Fool. Variety is saying the budget for this was actually closer to $900 million because of what they had to do digitally altering the phones to become to be the newer phones that kind of stuff so if that's the case it should be number five on our bomb list at a loss of 126 million dollars but that we don't know if that's real or not mm. so number three was f9 without dwayne johnson mm. and it cost 200 between 200 and 225 million dollars to make and it made 726 million for a profit clearing let's call it 300 million dollar profit mm. not too shabby no the next one is abysmal i'm gonna let you take us through this but would I'll you like crying. me to walk you through this yeah so spider-man's the number one movie mm-hmm. and again if you didn't already know that we don't have numbers and shame, you know it's over a billion dollars shame buy. on you yeah the number two According to the list that David Moulton presented to me today, the number two best movie of the year, mm-hmm. the second best movie of the year, according to David, according to the list that David Moulton gave me, the second best movie of the year, according to David, the best, according to David, is Venom. <laughs> Let there be carnage. <laughs> So the best movie is Spider-Man. Yeah. Second best movie, according to David Moulton, is Venom. Where's that noise coming from? <laughs> <laughs> what? I was wondering why you carried the tuba up all, all the whole flight up to my office. From and now on, whenever we mention that movie. <laughs> so Venom cost a mere $110 million to make, and it made almost $500 million grossing, clearing a $278 million profit. So, David, what are your thoughts on this? <sighs> can, before, before, we, before you spew your venom all over this movie, can we just recognize that 
this was a pretty incredible movie for a relatively modest budget. I understand how stupid that sounds when you're talking about $110 million, but for a massive superhero movie, $110 million is not ridiculous. That's a pretty frugal... Well, it's not that expensive when you don't pay your actors to actually act. <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> I mean, they clearly weren't paying for jokes. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to sit over here for a minute while David goes through all of his emotions talking about Venom, <laughs> the second best movie of the year. So David Moulton's list of best movies of the year, number two on David's list, the best movie, the second best movie of the year, according to David Moulton, Venom. <laughs> <laughs> so much the number one movie obviously is spider-man no way home which we don't have the budget handy for how much it made but or how much it cost to make be made but it grossed over a billion dollars already so yeah. we're gonna go ahead and say yeah, it won it won you know i heard something that i i think that i would be okay with because mm. part of the problem with this this whole venom thing for me <laughs> we're still on venom yeah <laughs> yeah, was, we're always still on. We're Venom. always still on Venom. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it was the number two movie of the year. I don't know. Yeah, if you're... no, I heard because it, it was on David Moulton's list. <laughs> All right, I'm upset because it doesn't involve Spider-Man, and that they want to mix that they've been trying to mix it in with the Tom Hardy Spider-Man that's so amazing. Tom Holland. Tom Holland. Sorry. Tom Hardy was in He's Venom. Venom. Yeah. He's Venom. Yeah. So. Someone said what they need to do because now there's talks of doing a Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man three, and um, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man four. Oh, I Post. didn't. I didn't hear that. Yeah, there's talks. That's talks exciting. The, so what they're saying is make Venom part of the Andrew Garfield universe, and then wrap him in that way. Make Tom Hardy's Venom. Yeah, part of. Andrew Garfield's universe, because he was the only one of the three of them that didn't have a Venom. Mm. Uh, well, not the only one, but he hasn't has a, a space villain or whatever. So I think I would be okay with that because we've established that's a different universe. Yeah. Things are done differently. Right. And it's not necessarily messing with the greatest Spider-Man so far. When you watched Licorice Pizza this week, did you watch Licorice Pizza? I totally watched you Licorice did. Pizza. Did you see the trailer for Everything Everywhere all the time? Mm -hmm. And that's a movie that we we talked about the trailer last week. Yeah. And uh, it includes a multiverse concept. Right. Right. right? Just like Jet Li's The One. Similar to yeah. Jet Li's The One. Here's, here's why I mentioned that. If we put Tom Hardy's Venom in Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man... Is there a possibility, like, has No Way Home now essentially broken the mold and liberated filmmakers so that, at least in the Marvel Universe, so that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man could have Tom Hardy's Venom in it and also have a cameo from Tom Holland's Spider-Man? Well, if he comes, yeah, he could cross over. I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying now for the rest of eternity, we can have movies where a new superhero movie, i.e. or e.g. or a.k.a. Tom Holland, can have cameos from or vice versa. So you come back with Andrew Garfield in Spider-Man 4, and now here you go, Tom Holland has a cameo in it. 
Well, they have to have a reason. They have to be, well. But you could write in a reason. Right, yeah. If they make the appropriate reason and they don't close it off, because right. Multiverse of Madness might close it off. Here's the worst. Or it might open it up. Here's the worst idea of all time. Yeah. You ready? So we should do a show. Or we should keep, I'm going to try to keep a notebook this year. Okay. And then in December of 22, we're going to have a special. And it's going to be the worst ideas of all time show. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start us off. The worst idea of all times show. Okay. This is my first idea. You have a Batman multi-universe. Well, that's already happening. Where you have, um, why am I drawing a blank? Christian Bale, my favorite Batman. Okay. And then here comes Michael Keaton. <laughs> here comes George Clooney. Oh. Which one's worse? Then, uh, but uh, I guess you can't get what's his name anymore. I think Clooney's the worst. Clooney's definitely the worst. Yeah. Yeah, he's the most cartoony. Right. right yeah. Right. Yeah. His costume had nipples. I think Batman is the franchise that has come the farthest in terms of like bad to amazing. Like the well, dark, the Dark Knight. I've said on the show is my favorite trilogy. I don't right. know if I still believe that or not, but it it's it's among my favorite trilogies ever. And the early Batman's are among my least favorite movies ever. But when they came out, they were like when they came out, they were cool. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it. I think. But I'll agree yeah. to a degree. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You'll agree to a degree. Speaking of Batman. Speaking of the Batman. The Batman. Please, our David. only trailer this week. David, I expect you to behave like a professional. Consummate. If you can't get the name of the movie right, don't say it at all. I said speaking of Batman. Right, but the name of the... Oh, 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 okay. You I didn't got, let me finish I, my I got segue. You. I got you. All right. Our only trailer right. this week is the, the Batman, Batman trailer too. <laughs> so we are nothing. If not consummate. If not consummate professionals. Yeah, clearly. Uh, this trailer had a lot more story stuff for Catwoman and Batman. It's called the Catwoman and Batman trailer or something. It's got like a subtitle. Really? Oh, it's like the Catwoman. Where did you see that? Uh, I've seen it a couple different places. Huh. But um, what did you think of this trailer? I didn't love it. I'm worried... Uh, Batman looks psychotic. He looks like he looks psychotic. He does not look like a hero. He does like, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being corny or whatever you want to call it. But I want my hero to be somebody who I hope that I want to see someone that I would like aspire to. Like the best hero is somebody that I think, oh man, right. I or and you could see a part of yourself in that, right? You know. That's why you're always telling me I'm the hero of the podcast. Absolutely. Right? That, that every <laughs> day I show up and I'm like, I'm just trying to be like David. <laughs> just, you can look up that's to. our new motto. Just the Penn Cinema Podcast. Just trying just, to be like David. Just trying to be like David. Trying and dying. So I agree. I thought this was the weakest trailer. This is the first trailer for this where I watched it and was like, mm. whatever. There was a lot of stuff in it from the first trailer yeah like and yeah. and, and mm -hmm. i'll say this the best parts of the second trailer were stuff they took from the first trailer right when they pick up the riddler yeah. and then show his coffee cup or when the guy's walking upside down like the camera angle is upside yeah. down and like that was a great shot it was, it was incredible shot i'm a little i would say that this put a little bit of trepidation within my heart okay on this movie all right i first of all want to recognize and appreciate your willingness to get real. Talk about what's in your heart. Yeah. 
And second of all, I want to ask you a question because uh-huh. it went straight up over my head. Whoa. You said there were some story elements. Uh-huh. What did you see? I didn't see any story. Well, there's like the, uh, like yeah, the, like the relationship nah. between the two of them. Like it's talking, to, it's her talking to Bruce Wayne about like, uh, oh man, I, I watched this trailer a couple of days ago, so I can't even remember the exacts right now, but it's like her, I think it's part of her being like, well, I can do whatever I want and like, right. don't worry about me or, or like, and then there's the whole thing about, uh, uh, oh, she tells him, she said, she's confronting Bruce Wayne. She's like, your family's known for, for philanthropy and doing all this amazing stuff. And all you seem to do is sit at home. Mm. I didn't, I didn't catch that. I must've been spacing out. Yeah. It wasn't a good trailer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we're moving on to licorice pizza. Yes. Licorice pizza. Penn. David. What was this movie about? It was a love story. This was a simple love story. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was about a boy and a girl who couldn't ever seem to get it together to get together. Right. And then in the closing moment of the movie, they work it out and they fall in love and live happily ever after. Right. And could it have been because of their age bracket? The, the, the difference in age? Yeah. If yes. The legality? Yes. The legality. Said, yeah. Uh, age bracket? Yeah. I mean, what do you want to get into? Did you, first of all, did you like this movie? I love this. Movie. Yeah. I did too. Yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, so where, where do you want to start? I'm just teasing you. Where do you want to start? Uh, well, I did think it was weird. Uh, no, I didn't think it was weird. I thought it was a good twist to have. She's at the beginning of the movie. She's 25 and he's 15. Right. And the whole idea of her, like, do I talk to this kid? Right. Like, what's what? what like, why am I giving this kid a chance? Do right. I like this kid? Because right. he's way more mature than he should right. be. He's like he, 15 going on 25. Yeah. He's got like way more going on in his life. Right. Than, Literally. Yeah. And, you know, business wise, professional wise. Life experience wise. Right. And she can't help but like dig him a little bit. But at the same time, she's 25. So when the older boys come around, you know, and eventually you see him when the girls his age kind of start mm-hmm. to notice him. He's kind of like, what's up? Because she was like that. But, you know, they can't get they can't leave each other's orbit. Ooh, that was very well said. Mm. Here's my problem. Yeah. What's your problem? With Ben. Here's my problem. Let me tell you my problem. It wasn't a big problem, but it was a little problem. Mm. A little bit. Not, not all big problems have to be. Not all problems have to be big, big problems. Right. Sometimes the problem could just be a little, a little grind. Right. So it's, this is the biggest problem in the world. This is a little tiny problem that was just like a little, like a uh, like a little gravel in your shoe. Right. It takes one grain of salt to break the engine. Right. Right. And this was just a little gravel in the shoe that I couldn't quite get out of my shoe. Mm. Okay. Right? And I don't have an answer. It's like a rhetorical question, right? If the if the genders were reversed, I would the movie would have made me totally uncomfortable. A twenty yeah. five year old boy fooling around with a fifteen year old girl would have really stressed me out. Now, what does that tell you about me? Is that am I, am I a reflection of like some hypocrisy in the, our cultural norms? David's nodding his head like, yeah, you were a hypocrite. No, I agree with what you're saying. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, but it, it, it didn't, the, the, the characters in the movie, it didn't bother me. And I don't know if that's just because of my gender bias. Cause I, 
like whatever my my cultural prejudices or whatever you want to like whatever bad word you want to put there but the combination of him being older for his age like like he's 15 but He's a professional actor. He travels the world by himself. He's very mature. He's starting all these businesses. He's got a lot going on. Weirdly. You know, and 10 years apart, you know, like if, if somebody's 30 and 20, it's no big deal. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I couldn't release that either. Uh, like every time I got stressed out about it, I justified being okay with this pair because he's mature for his age well the other thing is they don't fool around at all yeah there's no like they they like i was saying they're within each, each other's orbits but they don't well other than the time that she exposes herself to him right there's no uh physical contact right. really but they run off at the end of the movie and let's even just say it's been a year which i don't think it's been a year but well, that's the thing that i didn't quite understand because He's then old enough to drive, so it's been at least a year that he has his license. But at the same time, uh, when they're in the truck driving around with um, Bradley Cooper, she says she's 28 and then corrects herself and says she's 25. Right. So has it been three years? And then she's just playing young for him? Oh, right, 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 right. So that's the part I was... Because if it's been three years, then it makes a little bit more sense that... Because he's owning his own business at eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So so that was an interesting. Yeah. That was an interesting wrinkle that audiences had to wrestle with. Right. And then, what'd you think of the movie itself? Oh, I really liked it. I mean, I thought it was very relatable. I mean, yep. I think that everyone's maybe not had this relationship, but definitely someone with it that they kind of connected with that maybe they didn't. You know. I loved how there was many. I loved how there was many scenes of. I love the cinematography that Paul Thomas Anderson went with where there are people running. Yeah. Like when he was, and then at the end of the movie, they showed it sort of showed like a montage, uh, like with some flashbacks of like running, you know, him running to greet her running to save her when she fell off the back of the motorcycle, her running when he got locked up, mm. you know, like all those different moments. I thought that was really somehow that was powerful. Yeah. It reminded me a little bit of the end of um, when Harry met Sally, when Billy Crystal's running to meet her, and he's like, "Once you've decided who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want to start spending the rest of your life with her now, right? As soon as possible." What was your favorite thing about this movie? Favorite, one of your favorite things about your movie? Because I have one thing that stands out. So, are you talking about like a scene or a thing? Well. All right, here, I'll tell you, because I know what it is. My favorite thing about this movie is her. Okay. She yeah, no, she was amazing. incredible. Like, And her family in the movie is all played by her real-life family. Right. Which was crazy. Right, so cool. And she has a real-life band with the two sisters. They have a band called Hain, which is her last name, or Haim, yeah. or something like that. But she's just so compelling. Like, when she's on screen, like, you're just hanging on her every word, and I thought she was fantastic. Right. Uh, one of the things that stole the show for me was the guy that was married to the Asian women. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he, he makes like he's going to translate to Japanese. Right. Like, oh, what one of these do you like? <laughs> I can't even do it. Just like a Japanese, like right. American Japanese accent. Right. Right. And then you find out he can't even speak Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought a great scene. Well, first of all, Bradley Cooper was great. Mm-hmm. 
But wasn't there a thing in the trailer where he was smashing windows with a crowbar and that never appeared in the movie? That's during the credits. Oh, that's during the credits? Okay. Yeah. The other thing about this movie, that, or the other scene that I thought was really great was, so Bradley Cooper was great, but what I want to talk about is Sean Penn. <laughs> I thought that whole little chapter, how oblivious him and Tom Waits were to the young girl in the booth with yeah. them, and then she jumps on the back of a motorcycle, immediately falls off, and he doesn't even blink. Yeah. Like, just how that whole scene was orchestrated, the acting in that scene, like, everything about it was so old Hollywood and so well done and perfect. I thought that, that little scene just beautiful I, I loved how when he's he's talk he starts off talking to her about how she's like um who did they say she was like grace kelly yeah and then uh he's flirting with her but the more that he talks to her the more it's ptsd just like war talk right that, and she's like are we acting right now and he he doesn't have anything to talk about except for when i was in never asked me about koala lungar right <laughs> like stuff like that it's just so I, I liked how there were so many characters like that that seemed normal and then all of a sudden we're just kind of like off to the side weird yeah yeah what was that movie the quentin tarantino movie once upon a time in hollywood mm, right, this, right. this movie felt a little bit like that movie like yes. there was, there was definitely some old time Hollywood. It was there was a little bit of a commentary on Hollywood throughout this movie, right? Which I thought was brilliant. Right? Did you catch the? I wasn't. I won't say it's a slight thing, but the whole idea that Gary was kind of like, uh, well, a fifteen year old horn dog, but he wasn't that way with her at all. Yeah. 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 yeah I thought that was an interesting like right. aspect of their relationship. Yeah. All right, so we think this is the best movie we ever saw. Yeah, it's the best movie we've ever seen. So, all right, let's move on to listener notes, questions, answers, mm. comments, suggestions, plot twists, and so forth. We got a note from Shadow mm. because he knows. It, well, well, I mean, does he know? Because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> the Shadow knows. Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. We got a note from the shadow about how um, he saw Don't Look Up. Did you watch Don't Look Up yet? I haven't watched it yet. Yeah, this it's is good. this is a great movie. Now, you know, David, we have always now we've been accused, but we've always kept the show apolitical. Right. Right. Now. We've been accused of, <laughs> what was the phrase? Really early on. Really, really early on. Totally unjustified. Our first review. Our first review was, it was jam-packed with liberal BS. <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I think, I don't know why. I forget. We triggered somebody. It was hilarious. Some conservative person was triggered by something that we said. Right. And they wrote into the show saying. They really liked, iTunes. They wrote on iTunes. They wrote into iTunes and said they really liked the show despite the liberal BS. All the liberal BS. So I will say I enjoyed Don't Look Up. I, mm. I watched it. I also watched it. And I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But it was honestly, well, we've talked about this, but we talked about this. It's a little preachy. A little right. too, it's a little too, like, the whole thing is, you know. And, it, and, and once you realize that, once I realized that, I found it depressing. Because yeah. we're just not doing anything to reverse climate change. Right. So anyway, so the shadow loved Don't Look Up. And I think what he wrote in his note was that he, he especially enjoyed how it exposed the media's role in um, screwing things up. Right. Yeah. So anyway, also, we got a great note. 
from Top 10 Sarah. It's the final countdown. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Top Ten Sarah had a lot. She did. She had a lot. And I she appreciate did. this because this is like New Year's, right? Mm. And we didn't get into it. We didn't talk about resolutions. No. But she has a resolution. Her mm. New Year's resolution is to find a kitten for David, and the kitten needs to be named Wanda. Wanda. Like a fish called Wanda, but a kitten. Right. You ever see that movie, Fish Called Wanda? I haven't seen a fish called Wanda. Oh, my God. You should watch it. Okay. It's funny. It's worth right. it. It's worth okay. it. It's quirky. It's like, it's, it's, it's a little, it's like Monty Python-esque. Yeah, but it's totally worth it. And so I don't know. So I was hoping that you were going to explain why the kitten, <laughs> why the kitten needed to be named Wanda. Uh, maybe from But you said you don't know? I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so top 10 Sarah's out there doing her thing, looking yeah. for a kitten named Wanda. But here's the thing. I adopted a kitten this week. Named Wanda? Named Padmore. Padmore. Yeah. Cause I'm keeping with my Downton Abbey names. Oh, okay. Yeah, Mrs. yeah. Padmore. Yeah. We got Cora. Yeah. We had Mrs. Bates who passed away. Uh, God bless. So, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you got to keep with the, got to keep with okay. the, the theme. So that was cool that she wrote in about that. Yeah. But then did you also see what else she wrote in? <gasps> People are now, I mean, we've, we've, we've floated a lot of quirky ideas around here. Right. And I don't want to give away this week's theme, mm. but I'll just say that some people are naming their dogs after the show. Yeah. So Sarah wrote in that she was currently working with a dog named Penn. <gasps> What's up? Yeah, but then there was these other people who came in, right? They had three dogs. There was Listen, <laughs> Tuda, right, and Pencil Right. right. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, that was cool. I really appreciated her writing that in. That was fun. And now David. Yeah. You see all the emails. I do see all the emails, except for Sarah's for some reason. Right, right, right. Well, we got that filter on. Yeah. <laughs> um, I live with a listener. Ooh. Yeah. That's going to be hard. It is hard <laughs> because sometimes she shouts down the hall, <laughs> screams at me, <gasps> Dad! You know, she's all upset when I can't remember stuff. So it's Amy. Right, 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 right. She's all upset when I can't remember stuff. Yeah. And she lets me know. Mm. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm talking, of course, about Marley. Yeah, soon who, to be 17. She's turning like 30, I think. 30, 38. Um, Marley yeah. was appalled. <gasps> now, you remember last week we had to go to the phones because we couldn't agree. Right. I also think it's interesting. Sometimes we put ideas on the show and we just get a thousand emails right. from people answering the question. Right. And then sometimes like this week we put out like wanting people to give a tiebreaker and we didn't get any tiebreakers except this nasty email we got from Marley <sighs> where she said she was appalled yeah. that Polar Express was not even in the bracket because we were calling to tell her to ask her to pick between It's a Wonderful Life and Christmas Vacation. Right. She assumed that it was going to be between Christmas Vacation and the Polar Express. Right. And she further went on to say, well, I assume the top four would have been Polar Express, Christmas Vacation, Elf, and Wonderful Life. Oof. And then when she discovered that Polar Express was not even in the bracket, you know what I told her? What? It's David's fault. Maybe not all of us like to stare into the gap of the uncanny valley that is the Polar Express, Express and, and lose 
ourself to that reality. Oh, you were so close. I know. And I would have said and you things. Went, then you went with express. I, I would have said things, and then I didn't say anything. <laughs> so why wasn't it in the bracket? I didn't think of it, and it wasn't on there originally. It wasn't pre-populated. So I got that list pre-made, yeah. and then I edited it right. slightly. Right. But the Polar Express was not on there, and I did not add it. Okay, with a so a David. Hey, hey, oh, hey, hey, oh, 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 hey, hey, hey. I'm walking here. Fair enough. Yeah. Right. So we're gonna give you this. We're gonna give you fair enough. Fair enough. All right. Now oh, I have a follow up question. Yeah. My follow up question is: Now that you've been reminded of the Polar Express, right? Would you have put it on the bracket? And how far do you think it would have gone? I would have put it on the bracket. And I don't think it would have gone very far. Ooh. Well, it depends what it was up against. Right. Yeah, I guess it's true, too. So in your mind, is that in the top four best Christmas movies? Nah. No? No. Nah. I would say yes. Do you like fake people coming to take your soul? Because that's what it looks like. We also got a note from Don Good. <laughs> Don DeMond. Don DeMond. <laughs> Don DeMond wrote in, and he took it to another level. A whole nother level. You know, lots of people write us notes all the time. Yeah. And that's fine. Whatever. Right. Uh, the Mystery Gobble, he sent us a video. Yeah. Top 10 Sarah sends us pictures. Right. And that's that's great. And so here we have someone else we can add to the list of people who have sent videos. Right. Don DeMond sent a video with evidence that he listens to the show and proved it. By filming his New Year's Eve celebration, oh boy! When the keg dropped to zero, he shouted, "Listen to the Penn Cinema podcast." He did he? Did it can was awesome. You, can you imagine if he and Top Ten Sarah got together to tell people to listen to the Penn Cinema podcast? <laughs> well, Sarah's doing her job because she, I believe, I don't want to get her in trouble with her boss oh. or her customers. Oh. But I believe when the dogs are under, she whispers. To she them. whispers in their ear. Listen to the Pensacola podcast, <laughs> and, <they go. laughs> and then the dog goes home and tells the owners, and you know right. that's why our numbers are growing so big. Yeah, I mean clearly. Right. Yeah. Did you see I posted a link to the Mannheim Pet? Yeah. Mannheim Pike Veterinary Clinic. Great place. Because remember, we couldn't agree on the on the name. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're looking for a vet, anyway. So. Don, thank you for sending that in. Happy New Year. That was awesome. I yeah. thoroughly enjoyed that video. It looked like, are we saying that was a keg? I assume I it was a keg. It, yeah, it was a keg or beer can. It was in Lebanon. I also like how they, the crew that was celebrating, they counted, they did the 10 countdown. Screamed, and then dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> screamed Happy New Year. And then they started the lowering of the keg. <laughs> and then they kind of did like another one. <laughs> <laughs> the people that know like, going these on. are the kinds of people I want to party I love, with. I love when it's halfway going down. You see someone lean out of the window, like, "Is it going?" Right. <laughs> right. Right. Nothing like a homemade drop. Right. I right. think I'm going to do that next year. Do your own homemade drop. Yeah, because we got that. Our living room has the like double ceiling. You oh, know, like yeah. a lot of houses now, do it. nowadays do. Oh, yeah, man. I think we could do that. What, what would we drop? A film reel? I mean, that would be boring. <laughs> nah, <laughs> nah. We should drop one of our kids. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Tie her up like <laughs> she got to spend all the evening up there. You can come down when it's midnight. <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. It. All right. So let's get into what are you watching? What are you doing? What have you been reading this week? What's, what's, what's going on outside of the movie theater? I was recently embarrassed. I mean, 
like during the show? Or? <laughs> on the daily. Oh. I was at a, a, an, an actual staff meeting. Oh. You know how we have staff meetings for yeah. the show? Mm-hmm. Well, Penn Cinema, we do everything in our passion, in our, what's the phrase? Everything in our control to avoid meetings. Right. We are anti-meetings. We don't do memos. We don't do meetings. We, right. we are anti. Right. But every now and then it can't be helped. So we had a meeting with a bunch of us and I was exposed. <gasps> I was exposed as not being aware of the fact <gasps> that Avatar 2 is coming out this year. <laughs> Did you know that? We've talked about it. Yeah, we've talked about it. But I, forget, I didn't realize how quickly. I still thought we were like waiting on a date. Oh, and somebody was like, "No, no, it's December of 22." Yeah, but it's been, you know, it was last. It was this year too. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's that's what I use <laughs> to like mitigate the embarrassment. Right. You know, and try to salvage myself a little bit and scrape some of the egg off my face. Okay. But I really felt like an idiot for not knowing that. Okay. So anyway, my point is, uh, the other day I did watch rewatch Avatar. Ouch. No, I enjoyed it. I thoroughly en- you you didn't like it, right? No, no, I liked that. I'm one of the few people I think out there that didn't think Avatar was a bad movie on its own. Like take away the big spectacular. Are there haters? Oh yeah. Huh. Yeah. I loved it. I I I remember loving it the first time, and I rewatched it, and I wouldn't. I mean, love is a strong word, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah. A, I think it's fine. It's a good movie. Yeah. So we've also the fam and I have also been watching the morning show. And I finished Hawkeye, which I think we already talked about, and um, rewatched Black Widow. Nice. Yeah. Uh, for me this week, I'm watching a lot of Seinfeld, and uh, I got to the point in the series, I think I'm in season six, where it becomes very um, self-referential. Where they're, they're constantly like going back to the old jokes. And the other thing is, I think this season five and six is when they become horrible people. Uh, like yeah. before, they're like very relatable people just that, normal, hor- that right. horrible things right. happen to. Right. And now they're just like fully like horrible people. Right. And it's funny. Is this the episode where they, or the season where they drop the ball of goo on the girl when, when they're like doing the voice? Hello. <laughs> that hasn't happened yeah. yet. No. It's coming. Um, but the other thing that I watched, uh, I actually watched this New Year's Eve, mm. and uh, it was in Canto. And. I adore this movie. Mm. I think it's absolutely fantastic. The music is great. I can't remember the last time I saw a Disney movie that wasn't a Pixar that I thought, I want to watch, not only one, do I want to watch it again, which I almost did the next day, but two, the music was memorable, stuck in my head, and I was like, I would listen to this song without watching it. To what like sing what along is with. it about? Oh, I remember what it's about. Everybody has special powers except this one girl. Right. Right. And then the whole family starts losing yeah. their powers. Right, right. But it's it's very different than what you think. There's no grand adventure. And, and it's not like they're, they're not superheroes. It's like this family was blessed with power. And then what they do is they uh, people are drawn to them. And so the, their responsibility is to help all the people in the town. Because with great power... Comes great responsibility. So they got the strong girl who, like, when the donkeys get out, she collects the donkeys, yeah. or the girl who can make things grow. Mm-hmm. She just walks around town and makes sure everything, all the plants are growing, and one lady controls the weather, and just stuff like that. Like, it's it's a really magical, it's really fun. There's no real big bad in the movie, and the music is absolutely fabulous, which we've been talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda 
his music feeling very mm-hmm. um, purchased or modified. Yeah, just kind of not his best. And this was this is I would encourage you to watch this movie, Pen. Okay, I'm on it. I take it. Take get you know, Marley's around. Yep. yep. Uh, Kayla's yep. around. Yep. Grab one of them. Watch this movie. We had Marley's fr- some of Marley's friends over for New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and I just have to say how much I love them. Mm. We had so much fun. Yeah. These kids are a freaking riot. And if you're worried about the world, just hang out with like some kids that are between the ages of, like 20 and 25. Like we're gonna be all right. <laughs> like, these guys, these guys know what's going on. They know on. what's going yeah, on. Yeah, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what are we doing next week? The three fifty five. Which I like. I'm really excited for because I have very modest. Like I don't think this is gonna be the best movie I ever saw in the world, but I think it's gonna be fun. And I'm looking yeah. forward to seeing it. Like I feel like. Um, I don't know. Do you find that like this period, like the last two weeks of December, maybe it's partly because of the holidays and partly because the movie business is really, it's an active time for us. Um, I find it stressful and I'm kind of excited about like getting back to a normal routine. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like this movie is like a good middle of the road, normal routine movie. Right. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I'm looking forward to it. I feel like there's going to be some good guys. There's going to be some action, going to be some bad guys. There'll probably be a twist and then there'll be an ending. Boom. Yeah. I love it. What if, right. what if there's not an ending? <laughs> what if what if, how if it just stops? Right. And everyone's like, what? And the credits just start rolling. Right. And there's like yeah. 45 minutes worth of credits. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I would be there for that. Yeah. I wouldn't be there for that, honestly. But All right. Well, look, if you want to be a part of the show, mm. number one way to do that is to send us an email, podcast at pencinema.com. We'll be there to hear it. We'll talk about it on the show. You can also hit us up on Facebook. People are over there. You can find Trailer Master Jason posting trailers that we talk about during the show on there. Great stuff. Proto's really active over there as well. Uh, but if you want to support the show, mm. Penn, what's the number one way to do that? Send money. <gasps> cash money. Cash money. Yes. To, Envelopes of cash. Right. Right. That's just like every podcast. You say that everywhere, but we've got a pile here. Right. <laughs> I know we we have we have a special staff meeting called for later this week to figure out what we're going to do with all the money we have. Right, like we have these incredibly obnoxious stacks of money. It's insane. Right, it's we can insane. hardly move around the office. Yeah, you're asking for right. more. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Send Monopoly right. money. Right. Make it a little bit fresh. <laughs> we don't want the real stuff. Right. right, there should be. We should make a board game, the Penn Cinema <laughs> Podcast board game. <laughs> I'm on it. I'm yeah. good at that. Get, when I was a kid, I made. I would invent like board games. Really. Yeah. I, we, I, we <laughs> Did you ever draw a maze? All right, look. We created a board game once, not a, a card game, my friend and I. And it had rules, but we changed <laughs> them constantly. And this poor guy who played with us, bless his heart, he would he be he wanted to play this game with us so bad. <laughs> and every time we would change the rules as we were playing so that we would win <laughs> every right. single time. Right. <laughs> That would be how our game would be. Right. Our right. game would be so frustrating. Yeah. Our game would be so frustrating to everybody. <laughs> it would be awful. So we'd be laughing right. away. And we would always win. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> so so what? The number one thing we do is make a board game. Right. Send us money. Right. Or make a board game. Right. Right. Don't send us money. Don't see yeah, it. Send us. Make a board game. Right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> or tell a friend because what we really need is for people to just tell, talk about the show at work. Right. You go to the water cooler. Talk about the show. Yeah. Even if you don't have anything good to say. Yeah. You know, they, your, your mom said if you don't have anything good to say, don't say anything at all. Well, now you always have something good to say. 
well, you always have something to talk about. Even if you're like, oh, I listen to this <laughs> podcast, the Penson podcast. I mean, I didn't like it, but you should check it out. Right. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Make your own decision. Maybe you'll like it. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't for me, but maybe it's maybe for you. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Or maybe I would. Right. <laughs> There's a great old skit from the 80s from Saturday Night Live where he tastes like these awful, or and then he like gets his buddy to like taste it. Like, that's what I picture. That's exactly yeah. how it is. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, once again, for the Pencina Podcast, I'm David Walton. And I'm Penn Ketchum. Take, Take care and party, party on. Thanks for joining us this episode. Our hosts would love to hear from you. To contact the show with your thoughts and reviews, email podcast at pencinema.com. This podcast is a production of Penn Cinema. Escape to the movies at Penn Cinema, featuring crisp digital projection, killer sound, reserved seating, and premium power recliners. With locations in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, Wilmington, Delaware, and Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. Showtimes and tickets available at www.pencinema.com.